Welcome back to the What's Your One More podcast. I'm your host, Quentin Harris, as we delve into episode 103. You know, in our most recent turn of events, we recently have had where the Mortgage Bankers Association, the National Association of Real Estate Agents, and the National Association of Home Builders have reached out and wrote a letter to Jerome Powell and urging for some sort of calmness in the interest rate environment. Now, I find that uh, great, first of all, and interesting because all three of those groups are associations that advocate for their industry. Uh, the Mortgage Bankers Association, I think, is, uh, is a great association that advocates for mortgage bankers at all levels, and then NAR for the real estate agents, and then also the Home Builders Association, which is uh, one of the largest associations in the country. So there's a lot of power behind this letter when it goes out. And I think one of the things that, you know, I kind of want to take a minute to go through and discuss the letter. I got a copy of the letter. Um, I'm going to show that to you guys here on our YouTube channel. But I want to ask one thing before we get started. If you're listening to this, whatever platform you're on, Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or even watching on YouTube. Can you do one thing for me right away? Just hit the like button on YouTube and on those other platforms, give us a five-star review. If you've been listening to the show and you haven't done that yet, I would greatly appreciate it. Our goal is to get those up. It's going to help promote us on those platforms and get us out in front of a wider audience. And then leave a comment. If you haven't left a comment already, good, bad, indifferent, what you want to see would greatly appreciate it. But want to thank you for being a loyal listener. But please, if you could help us with those uh, with those things on liking and then also five-star review would be a big help for us. So on with the show here. So those associations you know, they're, they're massive, right? And when they kind of put their name on one letter and reach out to what a lot of people would deem as like one of, you know, the more powerful, you know, speakers in the world, it's going to carry a little clout. Now, if you want to see this letter, it's going to be on our YouTube channel at What's Your One More. Uh, it'll be right in the feed there. You can take a look at it in the notes section. So I'm going to take some highlights from the letter, but more importantly, I want to talk about why they wrote the letter. So let's start with the why. Why did they write this letter? Well, it's no secret we've been talking about this on the show for quite some time. Rates have gone up. And they've gone up in a manner in which many of us would say is a volatile rate environment. We've even heard some of our guests like Barry Habib and Dan Habib, who are considered market experts and have, have won numerous awards from Pulsonomics and Zillow from being the Crystal Ball Award winners for, for their forecasting. And they themselves have said we have a data-dependent Fed who's driving a car through the rearview mirror, looking at old data, coming up with future policies. More important, we have excessive rate hikes that have taken place. In some cases, the rate hikes don't warrant the policies that, that, that are, or excuse me, the data that's coming out, but yet we're still doing it. So now we have these three associations, again, the NBA, NAR, and then the National Association of Home Builders all coming out and stating, hey, listen, enough's enough. Like, you do understand that housing makes up, it's the number one component of GDP. It's over 16%. And when you start messing with that because you've rate hiked the short-term funds, excuse me, short-term interest rates through the Fed funds rate so much, so quickly, so fast, you're putting a massive pressure on our industry. You're making homes to a point to where some people can't afford them. And the whole letter was structured around affordable housing. Now, I think it goes without saying we have a massive shortage of affordable housing. I've seen that in the comments on the show. I experienced that in our own industry. And even we've had city officials say the same thing. I get it. But I also think there was an underlying tone in this letter that was very precise as well. And it's something that Daniel Halverson and myself have been talking about for quite some time. And even when Alex Stewart was a co-host on this show in the early onset, we talked about this. And this was the gap differential between the 10-year treasury and 30-year mortgage rates. Now, Obviously, the, we've talked about the you know the correlation between the two, it, uh, and and they run very tight, right? So 
essentially your 10-year treasury, there's an adage, an old adage you could say, is if you took the 10-year treasury note, what it is right now, and you added 1.75% to it, that should be a very fair determination of a 30-year fixed rate mortgage. But because of what's going on in the market and the volatility, there is uncertainty in the market. And investors, particularly investors that are buying, you know, mortgage-backed securities or securitizing them, whenever there's some level of uncertainty, there's a level of risk. So they're going to price in additional risk. So instead of it being that traditional 1.75 plus the 10-year treasury to determine that 30-year fixed rate note, we're seeing a massive differential there to the tune of about 120 to 150 basis points on top of that, meaning 1.2 to 1.5 in addition to that 1.75. And this letter spells that out. And this letter written to Jerome Powell suggests, hey, listen, the other thing you're doing as the Federal Reserve is in your tightening called quantitative tightening policy, this restrictive policy you're doing. And the definition of that is raising short-term interest rates and not being the number one buyer of U.S. treasuries and mortgage-backed securities. Now, I think it goes without saying that the Federal Reserve is the number one buyer of U.S. treasuries, and the second largest is Japan, third largest is China. Well, when they're not buying mortgage-backed securities or treasuries, that's part of what they call a balance sheet runoff, and meaning that when they get mortgages that pay off, it's effectively a coupon that's paying off, there is a premium that's paid on that being paid off. And that premium during quantitative tightening, which we're in right now, is used to pay down the balance sheet of the Federal Reserve. To the tune, it's already paid down $2 trillion already off of a $9 trillion balance sheet. Most of that was accumulated during COVID. Matter of fact, a good portion of it was during COVID, but that was out of necessity to help the mortgage market and the housing market for what was taking place during 2020 and 2021. They had to do that. But They've stopped doing that for quite some time now in this tightening restrictive policy they're in, and they're letting the balance sheet run off. This letter specifically speaks to that needs to stop because when we don't have buyers to a market, particularly the number one buyer to the market, we don't have uh, deals per se. And what I'm saying is if you don't have enough buyers and you have surplus in product, what happens to the product price? It goes down. And that's what's happening is that, you know, and, and bonds are inversely proportional as they go down. It, it's, it's not a good thing. So same thing with mortgage-backed, or excuse me, with mortgage-backed securities. When they go down, it's not a good thing. And we need people to buy these because as the price continues to deteriorate to attract more buyers, that's not a good thing for mortgage interest rates. Yo, thank you so much for choosing us today. We're definitely not done with our podcast, but we are going to take a really short sponsor break and then we'll get right back to the show. I've been in the lending business for 20 years. I've seen many different lenders. During those 20 years, I recognized there's a difference between being an originator and an advisor. And the team at Bank of England is full of advisors. They take their time to understand your needs. They take the time to structure a mortgage for you and your family and I cannot recommend them enough. If you're in the market to purchase a home, maybe it's a second home, maybe it's an investment property, or you're looking to refinance your current property that you live in, take a minute to work with the advisors at Bank of England Mortgage. They're a nationwide lender, and you can find your local branch at boemortgage.com, www.boemortgage.com, because it's more than loans, it's people. Thanks so much for letting us give a shout out to our sponsor. All right, now back to the podcast. What this letter specifically says 
is that, you know, um, and I'm gonna pull it up here as I'm talking. Let me get to it right here. So it particularly says this. It says, you know, the difference between the current spread and the long run average indicated mortgage for rate home buyers across the country is at least 120 basis points higher than they would normally be. In other words, this uncertainty introduced by the mortgage to treasury spread, that's what I'm referring to, that difference between the 30-year fixed rate and the 10-year treasury, is costing today's home buyer an extra $245 in monthly payments on a $300,000 loan. So any further rate increase is going to add more to that. And they're adding saying, listen, we realize you're trying to create a soft landing and not a hard landing. And this is adding to this magnitude of a possible recession. And so they're using a lot of really market data statistics to say, hey, listen, this needs to stop because today the spread between the 30-year mortgage rate and the 10-year treasury is at historically high levels. And that's what I just spoke about and why it's at that. And they're urging Jerome Powell to stop. They're saying, hey, listen, your battle against inflation, you're, you're doing great. You're, you're actually getting it down from where it should be. But keep in mind, the number one component of the CPI is housing, is shelter cost. And right now, those shelter costs are continuing to go up. You're not helping that situation either, even though there's a convoluted way they come up with that. And we've talked about that on the show over and over again, so I'm not going to spend a significant amount of time doing that. Their point is taken, is that rates are at a 23-year 23 high. We have the largest spread whether it's warranted or not, we have the largest spread between the 10-year treasury and the 30-year fixed rate that we've ever seen. And many can argue that are in the industry. If you're on this side of the table and you're you're sitting in my shoes as, as a mortgage banker and knowing a lot of people that are in the mortgage banking industry, it's asinine what we're charging for 30-year fixed rate mortgages right now because that should not be the rate based on today's 10-year treasury note. Even in this even in this inflationary environment that we're in, that shouldn't be the differential. It is because of the uncertainty in the market and that's extremely unfortunate. And what this letter did is say, hey, listen, we want you to understand that we're not only filling that, but application rates are down across the country. Refinances are essentially obsolete, um, even though there's going to be more of those to come. Unless, you know, But the ones that are happening right now are happening at necessity of death in the family, loss of job, divorce. You get the point. And it's causing a tremendous amount of turmoil on the actual banking side of things, which is also being trickled down to Association of Real Estate Agents, also down to the home builders, right? Because all of that, all of three of these industries work together. So I think this is really important to, to understand that this is not just a uh, a banker thing. This is not a mortgage thing. This is an industry-wide thing and the impact that it's having. And I think that a lot of consumers maybe don't know that these industries are advocating for this to get better. And I don't think it's necessarily advocating for it to get better just because they want their pipeline to get better. I think they recognize that this is a bigger problem than that. Again, at almost 17% of the GDP, that's a large problem. Now, what was interesting is that with the 13 FOMC members, right? You have voting members of the FOMC. I've said 13, might be 19, but you have a lot of voting members on the FOMC. And one of those members is the Atlanta Fed president, uh, Mr. Boombostic. And he actually has already said, listen, we don't need any more rate hikes. We're good. No more rate hikes. But then you have other Fed chair members who are saying, I think we haven't done enough. We need to keep going. And so there's this, there's this divide between the voting members of the Federal Reserve that we haven't quite seen before, where they're not on the same page, they're not in unison. And that also causes concern and uncertainty. And so I think that uh, this letter is saying, hey, listen, 
we are concerned as an industry. We want you to understand what the impacts are. And, you know, Jerome Powell even went to the podium last time after his last FOMC meeting and acknowledged that there's a lock-in effect. You know, we've talked about that lock-in effect, but he acknowledges that, hey, listen, I realize there's a lock-in effect. I know that 90% of all mortgages in America are below 5%. But just so that you know, um, we wouldn't think twice about bringing rates down solely just because of a lock-in effect. Like we're not going to lower rates just because there's a lock-in effect. And I think that was one of the premise of the of this letter going out is that listen, hey, you may acknowledge that that is an issue, and you may say, listen, we're not going to do it. We want to show you the impacts of what's happening and the people that it's hurting and the industries that it's actually impacting more so than just a lock-in effect. And I think that was pretty important. And, you know, as we see right now with things that are going on around the world, we've seen that treasury come back down and then bounce back up. You know, at the end of the day, a couple of things would solve this and the letter pretty much suggests and sums it up. But I'll, I'll also do the same thing. If the Federal Reserve would say, hey, listen, we're done raising rates. Now, we know the Federal Reserve has mentioned they think they got one more in them before the end of the year. They got one more. They meet on October 30th and then they will meet again before the end of the year. And in one of those two meetings, it is suggested that they're going to do a quarter rate hike from the previous podium that Jerome Powell was on. With everything going on in the world right now, that may not happen. We do think there'll be a pause. I think it's almost like a 97% confidence rate that they're not going to do anything on October 30th. So we got another pause, and then we go into the final meeting of the year. Going into the first quarter of the year, there is belief that we will start seeing some relief in the Fed funds rate being lowered maybe late in the fourth, excuse me, first quarter or second quarter. There's also a belief and that many economists believe that mortgage interest rates will start to dip before the actual lowering of that Fed funds rate because of that spread, that, excuse me, that spread I'm describing is going to evaporate, right? Because the more consistent rates are, less uncertainty, risk starts to evaporate. We can start to see the tone of these rates get more in line of the 10-year treasury plus 1.75. I think that that's important. Second thing is, if the Federal Reserve decides to entertain the idea of quantitative easing and comes back and becomes the largest buyer of you know treasuries and mortgage-backed securities again, that is ultimately going to be a significant help to the market because right now there's just not enough buyers to create a demand for those products out there. And I'll say this, you know, if for whatever reason the United States has to create more money to offer more aid to other countries. You can bet they're going to do that in the form of U.S. Treasuries, and someone's got to buy those. And at some point, the Federal Reserve is going to have to step up and make those purchases um, at some capacity because of the way we're issuing debt and the deficiency in which we're issuing it. So it will be interesting to see how this plays out. But between now and then, I wanted our listeners to know, because we have many listeners that are in the real estate industry, mortgage bankers, lenders, brokers, real estate agents, some builders, you know, obviously these these associations that we're all part of are actually stepping up and fighting and trying to help create some awareness along with many people that I mentioned before. I know Barry Habib's doing a great job with that, you know, and, and I know that uh, uh, Christmas doing the same thing. I know that a lot of people are saying this has stopped. Dave Stearns is doing the whole setup as well. I mean, you have former officials that are coming out and saying, hey, listen, enough's enough on this. The question is, will Powell listen? Will the FOMC listen? Will some changes be made? That's yet to be seen, but it'll start on October 30th. So between now and then, if you guys would, follow us on our socials for more information on this, for more details at What's Your One More with the number one. That's at What's Your One More with the number one. And then follow us on our YouTube channel as well, where we will have that letter as far as other details that we spoke about here. Until next time, we'll see you guys on the next episode. I got one more shot, I'm gonna make it. One more chance, I'm gonna take it. I meant it when I said it, now it's time for me to do it I got one life to live, so I put all into it, yeah